Hello and welcome back for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Today we are brandishing it as the Len Goodman episode, because today is number... Seven! <laughs> yes, episode seven, and today, as you can already hear, we are joined by Mr David Grant. Hello Dave. Um, good evening, Joe. Hello Dave. We are also joined by Mr Andrew Stafford, after a couple of uh, episodes of Hytus, I believe. We've not seen you for the last couple of episodes. Oh, on, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> and finally, we leave the man with no teeth, the man who just turned 30, the man who took us to a terrible nightclub in Manchester, it is, of course, Mr Gareth Dutton. Good evening. Q Dave, who the hell is Gareth Dutton? Who the, who the hell texted people to that nightclub? I know. That was just, awful. For anybody listening, never go to the nightclub fifth. It was not good. Anyway, we digress. Dave, first up on the agenda, I believe he's going through the fixtures. We've got a double whammy for you this week. We apologise for not recording episode 7 last week. We were all a little bit busy. Um, so, yeah, so we've got two weeks worth of content to flood through today. Dave, what fixtures have we got? And let's flood through. So, starting 13th of October. Uh, Nottingham Sheffield win for the Panthers 5-2. Manchester Coventry win for the Storm 5-2. Cardiff Dundee win for the Devils 5-2. And just to mix it up a little bit, 5-3 Guildford win for the Flyers 6-3. Uh, <laughs> the day after, Belfast Nottingham, the, the Giants won 6-1. Um, Dundee Glasgow, Glasgow won 3-2, I believe in overtime. Uh, Coventry Manchester win for the Coventry Blaze 5-3. Um, Guildford and Fife down in Guildford win for the Flyers 6-5. Midweek game on the 17th, Sheffield v Fife a win for the Flyers 3-1. On the 19th, Milton Keynes hosted the Belfast Giants and the Giants won 4-1. Uh, as the same night, the Glasgow clan beat the Nottingham Panthers 6-3. On the 20th, Milton Keynes again lost to the Belfast Giants 5-1 this time. Uh, the Manchester Storm beat the Dundee Stars and overtime 4-3, was it penalties? Um, the Glasgow clan lost home to the Coventry Blaze 5-3. Uh, Cardiff made light work of the Sheffield Steelers 7-1. Uh, the Fife Flyers beat the Nottingham Panthers 7-5. Um, and then the, the Sheffield Steelers got a victory against the Manchester Storm 4-3. And the Cardiff Devils made light work of the Five Flyers 7-2. It seems to be an occurring theme that Cardiff make light work of everyone else. Um, Nottingham got a win the, the last weekend in overtime against the Dundee Stars. Guildford beats uh, the Belfast Giants 3-2. And then yesterday, the 24th, they beat the Sheffield Steelers 3-2. Lots of goals. Um, lots of wins for Cardiff. Fair few wins for the Flyers again. And uh, not many, many wins for the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, it seems to be a little bit of a trend, doesn't it? Just while we were on the same page with fixtures, we also had some Challenge Cup fixtures. So those were all in the league. Um, on the Saturday the 13th, the Belfast Giants beat the Glasgow Clan 4-3. On the 14th, uh, Milton Keynes took a 4-5 loss to the Cardiff Devils. Uh, on the 16th, we had Glasgow getting a 5-4 shootout win against Dundee. And on the 21st, Coventry... Took a 2-1 loss against Milton Keynes. And in fairness, that wraps up the fixtures, I think, from the last couple of weeks. Gref, do you have anything 
you want to say about those fixtures? I figure I would come to the Storm fan first, having lost to the Steelers. Well, I won't mention any of that. I was going to mention the Storm v Dundee one. That was after all the time. Riley Stadel. Defenseman getting a hat-trick, scoring passes for the team. What more can you want from the guy? Scoring four. He scored, he scored a hat-trick, we scored four. Yeah, no, you said, what more do you want from a guy? I said he could have scored four. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, defenceman, what can you say? I'm a defenceman. He's not, not you. <laughs> oh, I love this is why I love you, Gref. Andy, what about you? Have you got any uh, any picks from from the games? Um, the five for Nottingham game where five one seven five. It sounded like a fantastic game. I'm I'm, I'm not sure about the uh, fans that are in attendance there, but uh, sound like a, a, a fantastic game and uh, yeah, just very high scoring and I'm sure it's full of full of great things that one. Dave, you got anything to add? You got any highlights? I'm looking at the five flyers. Um, they're not only just winning games; they're winning games with a lot of goals. They're, um, they're just a team that are just great to watch at the moment. Um, apart from when they play with the Devils, but I think that's anybody at the moment who will go up against the the Devils. They just get to um, the the wrong end of the scoreline. But no, five for you. Your two wins against Guildford, high scoring. Like Andy just said, the high scoring game against the Panthers. They keep winning. Uh, they keep they keep turning teams over. They've uh, they've only just had their first regulation defeat in the the league. So this is a heck of a lot for the the pesky Flyers. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, I, I part of me wants to be a bit of a homer and obviously kind of highlight the fact it was nice to get a win for the Steelers, um, particularly with him being against the Storm while Gref was in his bed recovering from the night before. Um, I mean, if Ennis, that was a good game. I thought we came out a lot stronger. We threw the body on a lot more as a Steelers team. Um, but I'm not really going to dwell on that because I, I don't think we can really go past this fixture section without saying, wow, um, Cardiff are running this league at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to ignore it because it's, it'll, it'll become as as more of a talked frequent topic as the Steelers and the Tom O'Hara incident. They, they are doing the business. So they are um, they're just... They're just Storming it, pardon the phrase. They've they've got this stat. Um, they've got talent and their talent showing. Um, and we'll mention later on that they've re- only this evening have signed a very very good uh, talented youngster, British player. Um, they're just getting stronger and stronger. And you know, I think it's now the case of who can stop the Devils. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, uh, I've got the league table in front of me and. It's hard to pick out anybody else. I mean, Nottingham are at the top of the table. If I were you Panthers fans, I wouldn't be getting too ahead of yourselves. You've got a 60% win percentage at the moment. You've got five games in hand to the five Flyers who are currently a point behind. So I think, in fairness, we can discount Nottingham from the top spot. Five are 10 games played with 17 points. They've got an 85% win percentage. That's drastically dropped. Going into the game against Sheffield, I believe that was 94.4. Did I say, Dave? Yep. 94.4% win percentage going into the game against Sheffield for five. Um, and at that point, they still didn't have a regulation loss this season. Um, so, pretty strong team going forward for five. Uh, they've now obviously got their first regulation loss. 
Um, and then we've got Cardiff. Nine games played, eight games won, one game lost. Uh, that's an 88.9% win percentage with 16 points. So in fairness, certainly looks like the battle of the Devils and the Flyers at the moment. Possibly not the same kind of thing that you'd see in the NHL right now. <laughs> Gref, what are we thinking about the league tables? I mean, in fairness, it doesn't look good to be a Steelers fan or a Storm fan right now. We're kind of looking up at a lot of the other teams. <laughs> Yeah, but at least we're starting playoff contention. I at the moment. I mean, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we look at um, if we look at the bottom of the table, you've got the Steelers. Obviously, they're they're right now as we talk. The Steelers are second from the bottom, but they've got four games more. Um, so Milton Keynes have got four games in hand, and they're currently two points behind. Um, Steelers have the worst win percentage in the league at the moment, and quite possibly the worst win percentage in their history as a club even maybe with 28.6% win percentage uh, Andy it's, uh, it's, it's it's not great at the moment is it? It's a difficult and a very hard time to be a Steelers fan right now and uh, yeah it's, it's, it's not a position we'd, throw, we'd see us at in, in a million years to be honest obviously wanting to be one of the best clubs in, in in the country, but we're just not willing to that name at the moment. Um, I think in San Brasso, um, he's, he's got a great, great opportunity now uh, to bring in some more players, uh, which I think I needed. I, I think we need a few more points. Uh, maybe one or two at the back end, maybe could improve there as well. Um, but yeah, um, I think Tom was a fantastic coach, but I, I think the contacts and everything that uh, Brasso has got. I think he's going to give us that uh, edge to where we can be competing uh, at least for uh, the end of season, still right at the end. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, Dave, I mean, obviously, as, as Andy says, he's got a good opportunity now as Barrasso, um, you know, but he, he's going to start to want to bring his own players in a little bit now, bring in some fresh meat to, uh, to give us a bit of a kick. You know, how long do you expect to see before we're starting to bring in some new blood? I don't think it's going to be long, um, if we're honest. He's had now um, a, a period of time where he's seen the team, he's, he's evaluated, and you listen to the way he talks about it, because he, he's, he's not kind of just brushed over the fact that he's he's spending time looking at the team he's got. He's, he's, he's clear that he's given full focus to see if, if changes are required or needed. I think they are, and I think we'll see him soon. Um, I, I think that we will see, like Andy said, you know, the contacts that he has at his disposal should excuse me, give um, the potential some good signings is if he can get him across um, you know Smith said it when he signed he has the budget so I think it's a case of wait and see the record looks poor I don't recall the Steelers I've been watching the, the, the sport being that low down and that far off the pace but just one stat um, you know uh, Graf's on about you know Storm being in a playoff contention same games as Dundee. Yeah. Well, yeah. Same games as the start. One point ahead. But look at the records. Um, Storm, uh, five wins, seven losses. Dundee, one regulation, four losses, seven overtime losses. You flip them by half. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you join us on the golf course, boy. Um, but, no, it's, it's still early days. However... It's, you're now looking at you're looking at five teams 
who are already looking to be moving into a bracket of they're the ones that the title is going to be coming from. I think we can all put the smart money on, on the three-peat happening. Um, but I, you know what? As we look at it now, Fife are going to give them a run for the money. And, you know, Cardiff have got to go up to Kikori, which everyone knows isn't the easiest of places to go. As uh, the Panthers and the Sheminis found out to his cost. Um, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of hockey to be played. Um, a lot of competition. Um, can the Steelers, as an aim, do you say the Steelers are not? I'll throw it to everybody. Is the Steelers aim to make the top four? I think, I mean, I've got to say, I can't see it happening. I think Barrasso needs to move a bit quicker in terms of getting some turnaround. Our power play, whilst it looks like it could create things at the moment, it looks like we're playing between systems. Um, I can kind of understand it. He's not been in for that long. He's not had the pre-season to kind of set up some systems. So he, they are kind of almost in the position of winging it at the moment. I appreciate he won't be just winging it and they'll have systems sorted, but it's not going to be something that we'll have had all the time in the world to go over. So it, it would go to suggest why his power play is lacking a little bit. But I think if we can finish mid-table solidly, which I think there's, there's every chance. I mean, you look at the difference in points between people... It's early doors in the season. Yeah, we've lost a fair few at the start, but if we can start winning games, I think we can get mid-table. I think our goal is mid-table, push for the Challenge Cup and push for the playoffs, which, in fairness, I'm not going to complain if we do. Um, I like the fact that Barasso is trying to give our players that have already signed a chance. Um, you know, He's not just come in and gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, I'm bringing in X, Y and Z. He's actually saying he's giving the players a chance to play for the jobs. He's trying to improve what we've got for a start, and then obviously he's going to work off that instead. Which, um, in fact, I mean, I think is I think is a good basis. I think it, it it leads us to more strength going forward rather than looking for a quick fix to paper over the cracks, and then obviously it coming undone a bit later in the season when things maybe don't go the right way. Um, Andy, what 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 do you think? Would you rather him move quick, or are you quite happy that at the moment he's trying to rectify what we've got to then add to rather than salvaging it now? I think as a coach's point of view, it's, it's a fantastic uh, sort of way to get to know your team. Uh, just giving them that chance is a it's a great thing for them all because it, it it gets them to push their game a bit, and and, and um, that has been seen in in, in Owens. He's been. Uh, on fire recently, uh, he's really improved his game. Uh, Buzzeo uh, as well, he's got back on the score sheet. Uh, McGrath, first game back in Dowd as well, uh, putting up points. So I think there is that incentive from the coach. Uh, I think players have uh, responded uh, to Brasso very positively uh, and they are Europe-in their game, but there's still a few that um, I think need to move in uh, or could at least be replaced uh, because we can't rely on... Uh, Two or three guys to get up score. We need all four lines that are raring to go every game and put points. So, yeah, I think it's great that he's given them an opportunity to show their worth. And, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to see who we can bring in. Yeah, certainly going to be exciting to see uh, if he puts those NHL contacts to use. Griff, um, I mean, a bit of a different contrasting question to you, I guess, because you, you don't necessarily have the interest in making the Steelers great again, to coin a uh, slightly worse used phrase. Um, what's it like as a Storm fan watching, not necessarily the, the, the deterioration, but just the the shortcomings of 
do you know, a local rival. Obviously, do you know, there's always been a history between the Storm and the Steelers. Obviously, when you had passion, do you know, maybe in pre-Finity times, obviously, when you came back into the Elite League, do you know, there was a, there was a lot of volatility between the two teams there was a lot of, there was a lot of rivalry between there still is now do you know it's never nice to go away with a loss against Manchester what's it like kind of being above us right now and, and just kind of watching us from afar kind of seeing the shortcomings well we were above you last season as well but you know how did that go um, for you in playoff time <laughs> well last five yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's Part of me is very happy about it, but then the other part of me is like, you don't really want to see a team of that calibre doing so bad. It's unfortunate times. I mean, it seems to be good that he's kept players on at the moment, minus one that we'll mention later on. But as well as he's he's getting the motivation on for your players, I mean... You took 17 seconds to score past us. I knew straight away it was going to be a bad game for us there. I mean, you'd come out roaring. You were thankful for uh, for not buying the train ticket then when that 17 second goal went in. Yeah, I was, even though I bought the webcast. (laughs) No, certainly. No, it's it's, it's certainly going to be interesting. I mean, I've seen fans... um, whether in jest or not, it infuriates me slightly. I've seen fans likening us to the Capitals. I know that it's maybe not fully serious. I've got to say, I think that's on a whole, and I'm not. I'm not generally somebody who I don't take offence at a lot of things, but I think it's pretty disrespectful to the Capitals fan base who have stuck by a team that were quite clearly sinking for so long, and the fan base. You know, I'm, I'm sure we've all had a joke or laughed at a joke that's been made about it in the past, that's fine. But I, I just think it's a bit silly, really. <laughs> I'm pretty sure out of some of the jokes and comments that I've seen, there have been some people that genuinely believe that that's going to be the case. But I think, if, yeah, in fairness, I think it's probably best to move on from, from it. I'm, I'm conscious that we're sticking on the Steelers as a subject a lot, but I think it seems to be a, a hot topic in the league at the moment. It's certainly a shake of the times. Um couple of episodes into the podcast we asked people to start sending in questions we had a question in from i believe it was craig day was it dave i think it was he asked us can you tell me who you think are your three bottom teams that won't be making the playoffs this year we all gave our teams and i believe dave myself and gref discussed a redo and whether we rejig our teams now, obviously, when Andy wasn't available. I'm going to throw the same question out to you again now, gents. We're looking at the league table. We've, we've had a bit of a discussion about it. Do you change your bottom three? And if so, who are your bottom three going to be at the end of the season? Andy, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. I can't remember who I picked uh, from, the, from the first one. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say them again if, if I did get them uh, right in the first place. But uh, I think MK... Uh, Dundee, um, and I think this this is a really tough one for that first spot because we're rolling so well at the minute. Uh, but the Steelers obviously got. I, I think Steelers will climb that table. Um, I'm going to say Guildford. Griff. For me, I'm going to say MK. 
Dundee and Clyde. Dave? I think I'm going to lean towards Griff's options. Um, I think, this, I, and I said, the Steelers will go up the table. They'll move up the table. That's, you know, the way they're playing, they're improving. They're playing a lot more structured. They're not getting the results, but they're playing structured, which, you know, it's a start. So I think they'll get the results and they'll get enough to make the, fight, the top eight. So I think that's fine in that respect for now. But I'd go with that. Uh, Clan, Stars, Lightning, Clan, to and from with the Storm. I think that's that. I think last day, potentially, that's how close it'll be. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to agree with two that you've said there. In fairness, but most of you have said. I mean, MK. I don't think any of us are going to disagree with. Um, Right at dead bottom of the league at the moment. I appreciate they've got a few games in hand on the Steelers, but I can see the Steelers climbing the league, particularly with having Barrasso at the at the uh, at the forefront of the team now. Um, I'm going to go with the Clan. I just don't think they look as strong a team right now. Um, I know that they beat us um, when we faced them, but in fairness, that was at a time when most teams would beat us and most teams have beat us. Um, I just can't see them being able to maintain anything um, for the season long enough to keep high enough, but I'd love to be proven wrong. I've got to say, I've, I've shown a lot of faith in the Stars. Um, I know that the Stars have never been in my bottom three. I can't remember who my bottom three were last time, but I know they weren't in then. I'm showing a lot of faith in the Stars. I'm going to go with the Storm for the bottom three, so I apologise, Gref, but... Um, you're one of the first teams in a while to uh, to lose to the Steelers. I don't think your goalie looked all that strong, if I'm honest. Um, uh, you, you conceded early and your team crumbled. I know that I know that it was a bit of a closer scoreline, but uh, to be honest with you, I think the whole team kind of gave up with a second left in the game and thought it was over. Granted, you capitalised on that, but I just I don't know. I just can't see it this year. So they'd be my bottom three. I go Manchester, MK. And Glasgow, not necessarily in that order. Um, anyway, I, in fairness, I think we'll, we'll take a break from the Elite League. We'll take a break from the Steelers, because I'm conscious that we do keep talking about them a lot. Um, Dave, I believe you've got some CHL stats for me, or CHL matchups for me, yeah, for a second. So, we could, the last podcast, it was before um, Cardiff's first game, a two against Vectro. Um, they've all gone very close. And the last group game, a home barn burner, uh, 11 goal thriller with Vexo um, winning it in overtime. Um, which meant that Cardiff um, only got um, two or three points, but did absolutely fantastic in the whole tournament um, against some quality opposition. So, as much as they finished bottom of that group, congratulations, Cardiff. They've done very well um, and you know, represented the Elite League well. What it has meant is we're now in the knockout stage. Uh, just a quick run through of the uh, the ties. So uh, uh, Kamita Bruno will face uh, Tapera Tabera Finland. Malmo will face SC Bern. Stornama, a surprising went going through the group stage, will face Skeletia. Uh, Balzano will face Pilsen. Lejano, uh, who knocked out the holders Yvaskula, uh, will face Frölunda. Uh, Zurich Lions will face Karapat Oru. Uh, Red Bull Munich will face uh, Zug of Switzerland and an even bigger shock Rouen Dragons of France going through and will face Red Bull Salzburg um, this year even more than last has been a year of the, the shocks 
Yeah, it certainly has. I think your vascular going out particularly was was a big one. I was quite shocked when they when they got the win last year. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't, it wasn't expected. I know that when they played us, they were quite a strong team a few years before, but I wouldn't have said they were that strong. Um, I, I didn't expect it, but in fairness, they were the first finished team to win, so fair play to them. Um, but a big shock anyway to see them go out this early doors, even if you don't expect them to, to go all the way. It's, it's certainly a big shock to see the, the reigning champions get kicked out before the knockout rounds. Um, but another good year of CHL hockey. And also, when we listen to the matchups, we get to hear Dave's tongue twister, um, continental accents, <laughs> as, he, as he pronounces half the names that I haven't got a clue how to pronounce. <laughs> That's why I've got a spot on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's our he's our uh, continental name pronouncer. What do we think, gents? What are we thinking of the uh, of the CHL this year? What what have been the shocks? How do we think Cardiff have done? I'll pass that over to Gref and Andy. I know that Dave's obviously said a, said a little bit about it. I think Cardiff have done pretty pretty well. They've not really got battered in most games. It, they've been like one goal games or two goals. But the other games, like you've mentioned, with Yipiaskala, they've just... I watched their final game where they had to win and they didn't look... They didn't look strong enough. As soon as the other team was getting in their area, they were just stopping. They couldn't do anything. It was unreal. And obviously, I'm happy that Zurich Lions are through. The team I, I follow in the NAL. Always a good thing. <laughs> what do you think, Andy? Has there been anything that's caught your eye? Um, yeah, I think the Thomas Tobber and Nuremberg Ice Tag is that I think they've done a great job in their CHL campaign. Uh, I know they lost um, Rob Liston uh, to the Peter Peets in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, but I, I think they've done really well uh, to get to stage out and unfortunately not to continue in the competition, but I think they've uh, played some really strong games. And um, also, I had another thing to see a French team uh, this far in the CHL campaign, but uh, credit to Rouen, they've done very well. Uh, and I've won some really good games and some really good competition. Yeah, it's certainly been interesting. It's always nice to watch... Um still don't understand the people that say they don't want to be involved in the in the tournament but it's always nice to watch and I think Cardiff as much as it may hurt to say that as an elite league fan right now as we watch them run away with the league I think as, as probably expected they've done the league proud um, again in fairness they've certainly represented the league well um, so anyway, anyway I've been fair to segueing on from the CHL we've had a fair bit of movement um, and I don't know whether that's just because it's been a couple of weeks since we've We've last talked, but there's been a bit of movement over in the Elite League at the moment. We'll start with the Panthers, because as far as my mind goes back, I believe that was the first one out of the lot. The Panthers have signed Alexandre Bolduc. Um, Dave, what, what do you think to Bolduc? Have you have you got his stats? Have you seen his stats? I have, yeah. Um, decent uh, North American experience. Um also, a fair bit of KHL experience. So, you're looking at his, um, his resume. He's got big league experience. Again, it's just it's like we mentioned before with the changes. Um, they've signed another guy to keep the momentum of the, of the structure of their team. They've not just got a player. They've re they've obviously done a bit of research. 
and it looks like a good pickup. Um, over 400 games in the AHL with uh, 262 points. So the guy knows how to get points. So good pickup for the Panthers. Yeah, he's picked up the A a couple of times in the AHL and the C as well for the Portland Pirates and the Chicago Wolves. So certainly looks to be a decent pickup, as you say. You don't put up 400 plus games in the AHL and you know 50 plus games in the NHL for no reason. Gref, have you uh, have you had a chance to look at his stats? What what do you think? What do you think he'll bring to the Panthers this year? Uh, looking at him already, he's already he played he's already played three games for Panthers and he scored one goal and got two assists. Apparently he's got like what eighteen penalty minutes already, but still, that's a player that the Panthers are gonna love to have. You don't like you mentioned then you don't play that many amount of games in the NHL or AHL if you you're poor. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's certainly true, Andy. I mean. Uh... You know, we've seen it, maybe a few injuries in the Panthers. Obviously, they uh, they brought in was it Van Cleef uh, that they brought in to, to to paper over one of the uh, some of the injury problems. Maybe it's a great signing to to make. You know, at this point in the season, maybe at this point, you you sometimes think a lot of the, the players of that caliber have been snapped up. So it's it's always a good player to see come over here as as we're getting into the early early to mid October stages. It's a brilliant sign for the Panthers, uh, not just a guy who can put the points, but he can throw up a few punches too. Uh, and he's not the only one, uh, they've also got Jacob Doty as well. Um, it, it's fantastic for the Panthers to think ahead with injuries uh, and, and bringing such players with a great caliber, great experience, a great resume. What the headache that uh, Chinmas has when all those players are fully fit, who is he going to choose from? Because in my eyes, uh, they're all really good players in the in run right. and. Uh, it only just bosses their plan up again. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough decisions for Chernobyl. It's a nice problem to have, though, isn't it? To be able to have, you know, having to drop two players of the calibre of what the Panthers have at their disposal. So, yeah, you know, it's going to happen if they're all come fit. But you ask any coach, what would you rather have? A selection problem like that or scraping three lines? I think I know which uh, side of the coin that uh, Sherman is one would like to be on. Yeah, I think he's, he's certainly going for the uh, certainly going for the former. Uh, I I think it's um you know it's always good as you say to see a to see a coach trying to fill those holes. It is going to be a bit difficult for him when everybody's back at full fitness, but I mean I think it also works as a bit of a drive for the players as well, doesn't it? When you start to get your squad trying to fight for their position on the ice every game, it gives them that little bit more of an edge to the game. It also means they can play with that edge as well because they're not playing thinking, you know, if well, essentially, you know, they can be a bit pushed that little bit more in training. They can be pushed that little bit more in games because almost they can afford the injuries now. It, it, as as bad as that sounds, you know, it's certainly not a risk that they're going to be taking. They're not going into games thinking, oh, we can't afford another knock here. You know, as 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 bad as it sounds, they're thinking, well, we're covered. <laughs> um, it's it's certainly a good thing to have. I I'm, I'm, I agree with you in that respect. But you know you want to have the players compete. I mean, okay, more often than not, you're going to have your set roster and your set players, and give or take that their jobs are secure for the season, unless things go sour or they have injuries. You know things could, that could happen in a, in a season. Um, so you you know in essence that is all done and dusted. So to have that competition to keep people on the toes. Um, I I think is good. I mean, you know, you have it in other sports, um, where you see squad, you know, big squads, um, to be able to compete in different areas and whatnot. So 
why, why not hockey? Um, I, I agree. I, th I think it will. It should make the players be more responsible. And, and so, you know, like if I want to play, I want the games because they also if they're the one that's always missing out when it comes to the end of the season and their negotiations with other clubs. Because you know, if you're not being picked, you're not going to go back. It's well, what's your last year's resume? Oh, um, yeah, I weren't getting picked. It doesn't look good for them. So we'll give them that boost to you know, make them want to play better. Make them being you know, make the coach pick them. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that you see it happen in the NHL, isn't there? Do you know, it's it's not... At the end of the day, our league it, it aspires to be up there with the NHL, the AHL, and it's what you see over there. You see players fighting for the spot. I appreciate they've got a better system set up, obviously having the AHL below, but it's always good to keep those players in check. Um, and as you say, as, as is with the NHL, you know, you've got your players that are never going to... You know, that have pretty much got their spot fixed, but... It's about driving maybe those lower players, maybe the third liners, the fourth liners, even maybe some of the second liners, to not only think I want to keep my spot, but I want to keep my spot on my line as well. So it's it's almost that you know there's two factors. They're not only wanting to keep the squad in the the spot in the lineup. They're thinking right, hold on a second. I want to keep on the second line. I don't want to be playing fourth line minutes. I want to be on the second. I want to be playing the power play. I want to be playing on the PK. Um, so it's certainly it's certainly I think it's it's certainly a good thing to have. The extra players once obviously everybody's back up to fitness but I mean we were talking about teams that are adding to what they've already got I mean we talked about the the offensive skill we've talked about the um, just the, the pure through and through ability of the Cardiff Devils um, Gref the Cardiff Devils have also had a nice addition to their lineup. they have done today yeah definitely with Sam Duggan what more can you say? The, the guy, the guy is, uh, is 20 years old. Makes me feel old. Probably makes Granty feel old as well. But yeah, <laughs> seeing him play at GB level was. He looks. He did look out of, sh out of shape there, definitely. He looks very good. Yeah, he's. Um... You know, he's been playing in the uh, top uh, Swedish Junior League for the past uh, few years. Uh, made his debut for the GB Senior. He's been in the Junior and captained uh, the Junior teams throughout. Um, made his senior debut in the World Championships in Belfast. Um, did alright, got, um, got a couple of goals. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done well. Um, he started the season in, in Jamestown, uh, in the NAHL. Um, it's a great pick up for Cardiff. Um, look, he's he's had good grounding. You know, his one of the things the Swedes and the Finns uh, work hard on is the skating. He's had that in abundance. Um, and he, of course, is a British signing. Um, it's just more strength to the Devils. Um, it's it's it's, it's an embarrassment of riches that they have at the moment. It's uh, as a, if you're a Cardiff fan, it, it's a great time to be watching them because they've just got talent left, right, and centre, and this just only adds to it. Andy, I mean, it, it certainly shows, particularly with Cardiff at the forefront of, at the moment of the league, it certainly shows their, you know, it shows the importance of bringing in that the junior side of things and improving the junior side as well. I mean, I know that Sheffield have done that recently. Obviously, Liam Kirk now playing with the Peter Brapis, um after starting on his apprenticeship contract. Cole Shooter obviously came out of his apprenticeship contract, played the pro for the Sheffield Steelers, and then obviously gone to MK. So still, still in his development time. Um, you know, Kieran Brown obviously is now on a two-way deal with Blackburn, and 
you've got obviously Jordan Griffin just sticking with the Steelers players for the time being, obviously on a two-way deal with Sutton now, I believe, is it? Um, so, you know, you've got all these players on two-way deals. We're certainly showing as a club the, the need to improve and the need to bolster the, the lower side of things and almost take care of the next generation. And it, and it's certainly good to see Cardiff focusing on that as well. I mean, it's not like they've just got the sights set on getting the three-peat. They've not got the sights set on just doing the league this year, getting the silverware this year. They're also putting things into place for the next few years as well. It's, it's got to be a good thing to see. It's fantastic for, for the Devils. Uh, Fully enough, uh, Sam Duggan was a player uh, at the start of the season. I was thinking, would he come to the league? Would he uh, maybe try and uh, run a professional league in Sweden? Um, but no, he's, he's a fantastic player and uh, a fantastic addition to the Devils. I'm sure his impact will be made pretty much straight away. Yeah, I, I think he's certainly going to be one of those players that kind of opens eyes from the beginning. could see him turning into a bit of a, um, a Robert Dowd style of player that as soon as he started coming in at that maybe that kind of age, you know, he was certainly making waves and, and look at the kind of player he is in the Elite League now. Um, you know, if they can find a player like that, they're going to sort themselves out for, for certainly for the future. Um, maybe, <coughs> maybe he can be my replacement. Yeah, well, well, this is true. I mean, every team's got their players that are going to be moving on soon. We've already discussed, obviously, we discussed goaltending was it last last time or the last episode or the episode before where we said about the need to maybe look look after the British goalies and start to look forward to what's going to happen after bounds is done and after whistles done. And it's only the same for the players. Um, I mean, particularly, again, as Steelers fans, at one point it was looking for us like there wasn't going to be a great deal there. You've got people like Jason Hewitt, Mark Thomas and Jonathan Phillips, you know, and then there was a big gap. Obviously, you, you had Dowdy and that, that was about it. And, it. and it does show you can't just focus on what you've got, but it's difficult to find a, to find the time to focus on trying to win the league, but also to give those younger players the time. Because at the end of the day, the early games can cost you the league. And, and it's, it's maybe even similar to what we were saying about the goalie situation, maybe slightly less so. But maybe it's similar to what we were saying then about the fact that you know maybe our insistence on winning the league over the playoffs is is causing a bit of a detriment to the to the development of players like that because they're not getting the ice time because every minute that we're using on the ice is to get the goals because we're pushing for the league title. I think another thing also for for Duggan is he's going to be wanting to throw his hat into the ring for the world championships. Um, to mention he's got experience with playing for the national side of the juniors and senior level. Um, why why would he not want to throw his hat and try and make the uh, I think it's the twenty five man squad that will head out to Slovakia. No, absolutely, it's certainly going to be another um, another pro, another draw for him to uh, to be looking to play in this league right now. Obviously, Pete Russell's certainly going to see a lot of him as well. Um, I mean, moving on again to another player who has played at the. Uh, at that level for GB and it is maybe at the other end of the spectrum maybe the older side of the spectrum um, Gref you've got yourself an acquisition from the Sheffield Steelers in Brendan Brooks um, Andy I, I mean I, I sounded like I was going to go to Gref there but we'll go with Andy first What's your, what was your opinion of that obviously the Steelers announced that Brooks is leaving the Storm announced that Brooks is going to them what, what, were, what were your thoughts? Um, I don't think from a Steelers point of view it's a massive loss. I mean, uh, when he first came into in, into the lineup, he uh, it made an impact straight away. But um, after then, he he his his kind of dropped off a bit. His his, his points just weren't 
um, coming through as is, is, is throughout the way work when he first tried. I think he's got uh, two points in about 11 games, something like that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's not a massive loss for Steelers. And, and uh, as, as like I said earlier, it's a fantastic time for Brasso to implement his, uh, his stamp on the team. Very much, Andy. A very good start. Gref, what was his start like, Brendan Brooks? Uh, it was like Budapest all over again. I knew how the Hungarians felt. <laughs> Maybe slightly less at stake, like, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Gref, what, I mean, what, what, what do you think he's going to bring to you guys as a team? As Andy says, he's, he hasn't really brought the score in as much as he looked like he was probably going to be doing at first. Um, but he's a proven scorer. He's a proven, you know, he's he's proven in the league that he can play. He got fifty-seven points in fifty-four games for Glasgow or Brayard as they were last year. Um, you know, for Fife he got forty-eight points in fifty-two games. If you get him on the right line, certainly with the players that you guys have got on your team, he, he could really help you get to the next level and help you stay out of that bottom three. Oh, that's for certain. I think having Finner as his coach as well being played under Finner as well. He knows his system. And then playing the likes of Mike Hammond and Dallas Earhart, he's going to know those two straight off, so he's going to be having a good luck with them. And then, obviously, the rest of the players will just, they'll just gel all together. Hopefully, he'll bring that good amount of goals and points. It would just be, it'll help us a lot. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I'll ask you the same question as Andy, really. Um, do you think he's a particularly big loss for the Steelers? I mean, obviously, he's not necessarily produced too much out of the few games that he's played for the Steelers. Do you think that was because he struggled to gel? Do you think that was just because he wasn't on the right line, because he had a different role? What was your opinion of that? In fairness, when he when he was signed, it was a body. Um, another disrespect to Ben. Um, and he, he didn't really do much more than that in the cold out light of day. But, you know, he, he contributed to you know, some decent performances, decent plays, but if, if we're honest, uh, his age and the type of play and, and method of hockey that Brasso wants, Brendan doesn't fit into that bracket. So, if we're honest, it, it's a good move for both clubs. Um, you know, Sheffield will release him and bring someone else in who can fit the, the style that Brasso wants. Manchester down a few bodies to release someone. They replace him with another body who, you know, will, is you know, Finnis his style isn't the same as Brasso. So I think you kind of have that best of both worlds scenario. He did a good job. One thing you could never question was his effort and commitment. So you know you thank him for that. Um, but everyone moves on, and I think we found a a happy medium for both Sheffield and Manchester, for honest. Yeah, I think it's probably it probably works for both teams, isn't it? A little bit like. Uh... Like when you saw in the NHL a couple of years ago when, when um, Nashville and Montreal traded Shea Weber and P.K. Subban, it looked like both teams came out with a decent result. I'm not by any means comparing Brendan Brooks to P.K. Subban or Shea Weber, but um, I think it, it can certainly give it can certainly give both teams, you know, what kind of what they wanted out of that. Um, I know that it was the star spun it off as the Steelers have got to um, come back because Brooks unexpectedly quits to go to um, the Storm. I, I kind of read that and thought that sounded a bit like a bit of sloppy journalism. Um, in fairness, it, it, we don't know what's happened. It could be the case that 
we've said we don't want to extend his contract. It may be a case that we've said we want to extend your contract by another couple of months. I mean, I'm not being funny. Do we really think that Brendan Brooks given an option to extend the contract for two months from Sheffield or for a full-time contract for the rest of the season from Manchester? Do we really think he was just going to go on off on a whim and go, I'll take another two months? No, he's always going to go with a full-time you're, contract. You always, always look at the security, uh, job security. So you always look for that. So yeah, yeah, that was always going to be the case. Speaking of job security, um, another team that certainly have shown a willingness to chop and change. I don't know the, the circumstances around it, so that's kind of making an assumption that they've that they have chopped and changed in that kind of respect. But the Milton Keynes Lightning have certainly had a one out one in um, kind of scenario. They have lost Jonas Huavinen and they have gained uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name uh, Robbie Bailagian we'll go with that Bailagian As I, I've, I've, Andy and Gref in fairness I know that Bailagian was quite a, a recent signing I believe have you guys got his stats do you know, do you know are, we on, are we on the same page do we if so, does somebody want to start me off as to what they think the, the Milton Keynes Lightning have lost and gained in, in, in that swap around? Can I say lost? I think they just swapped a like for like player there, really. Looking at Robbie's stats, he's last season he, he played 29 games and didn't score a single goal in the East Coast League. It didn't it seem to have scored a he's only played one game this season for Toulouse if he can play his form that he did in the NCAA great that'll be brilliant for MK because he'll score yeah. if he's doing what he did in the East Coast League unfortunately I don't think they've added much talent yeah on, on the on the I like for him to prove me wrong though on, on, the, on the view of it his, his East Coast stats aren't good but if you look at his junior stats um, he's a, a fifteen twenty goal scorer, um, and and you see a lot of uh, you know players who play in North America play specific roles and not allowed to just play hockey, which he'll go to Milton Keynes and just play hockey. That's that may sound, uh, uh, you know, um, so he may bring some of it, but you know, you know, uh, Julie Days sixty four points, forty eight points. He knows he he has experience of doing it. Now he hasn't had that. Opportunity for some time, however, you know who knows he may he may land on his feet um, like Tim Wallace has in Milton Keynes and start getting points. Um, what's also to note is that they've announced they're, they're announcing another signing tomorrow. So whoever that may be may gel them and you know may just absolutely he may just go and score 30, 40 goals. Who knows? Andy, do you think it's it's good to see Milton Keynes kind of chopping and changing at the moment, trying to make those changes to the roster? Um, obviously they're bottom of the league at the moment as I say few games in hand to, to Sheffield so that may well change but they're obviously not where they want to be in the league do you think it's good that they're trying to make those changes early? I think it, I think it is yeah. yeah it is a good thing and uh, obviously um, Mackay's uh, team is uh, his, his team and he, he knows what's, what, what, what he wants from his players and if he's found someone else who he thinks can do a, a better job then fair play um, it, it's a good move. Um, it's a sign that I, I didn't really know anything about until now. So it's one that uh, I've, I've not seen yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good move, uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, uh, it'll make a big impact. Yeah, I'd be certainly interesting to see how Milton Keynes kind of change around. Certainly be interesting to see who this um, 
the signing is that they bring in uh, next because I, I, as as Greff says about the the chop and change, they certainly seem to be very very light for light players. They're both twenty four. They're both centres. Um, both a similar kind of prospect to points production. I would have thought so. I kind of I wonder if they've gotten rid of. Um, I, I wonder if they have gotten rid of him or if it's just a case that he's left or if it's a case that they've moved him around more for the player that they're bringing in next. I'm not really sure, but it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it pans out for them. Um, Milton Keynes obviously were one of two teams to enter the Elite League last year. Um, the other team was Guildford Flames. Now, in fairness, I think Guildford and MK's season, starts to the season this year kind of mirrored each other's start to the seasons last year. I think Guildford started um, pretty low down in the league and, and MK started well and started to drift off. It looks like Guildford are determined to keep their their current position going. They've signed TJ Foster, um, a guy with 125 ECHL games under his belt. He's got 114 points from those 125 ECHL games, so a 0.91 points per game. Um, production it's, it's a high point production in the ECHL for a guy that you bring in uh, to this league Andy that, that certainly sounds like a guy that's going to help them keep the position that they're in at the moment definitely um, I've, I've seen some highlights from his uh, last season in the East Coast League with Norfolk Admirals and uh, fantastic player very solid of course at the pop on he's a, he's a very fluid skater uh, and uh, I'm sure he, he, he'll bring a a lot of team have already started really well in the league, uh, and I think he's, he's going to make them even better. Yeah, Dave, what's what's your impression of this signing? I I, I pretty much agree with Andy. In fairness, he looks like a a very good player to bolster the team that they've already got. Um, a particularly decent point production team. In fairness, with Guildford, obviously they've got Cali Akerad already. Um, they've got Ian Waters. So to bring in another guy like uh, like TJ Foster certainly going to help them keep going and, and keep up. I think I saw if they are they up to fifth in the league now, I think, Some, after the win against Sheffield. Something like that, but again, it's, it's another good signing for the Flames. Um, it's, again, they, 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 um, they, they have this knack of finding good point scorers with resumes that, you know, that prove it. And this is just another one of them. Um, you know, it's a season in Norway with nearly 50 points um, with a team that you know, went deep in the playoffs. Again, his, his, his WHL um, experience, um, again, more depth scoring and, and playoff um, experience. So the guy knows how to, you know, how to lead these teams. And I'm excited to see this guy play. Um, again, it would be probably to our detriment in Sheffield, but he looks the type of guy that is going to be just another good player, but, you know, enhances Guildford's uh, the start of the season. And I think it's now showing that they are not here to make the numbers. If anybody thought that Guildford were going to make the numbers, no. This is just another sign that proves that that's the case. Yeah, Gref, what, what's what's your um, what's your take on it? Are you in agreement? Do you think he's he is going to be another good guy, another guy to watch in the league? I I definitely agree with Granny there. They've added just added more firepower to their forwards. Is because even in the junior level, he was getting goals pretty much up front and then still doing it in the East Coast League and then over in Norway playing 45 games getting 48 points that's ridiculous it's going to be definitely the one to watch when 
either Storm or Steelers play Guildford. Yeah, I certainly agree with Dave that he may very well much be the thorn in the side if we do. I think it's, it's another typical Paul Dixon signing. Um, and he's showing already in his, his, two, his season a bit of the Elite League experience. Because um, everyone was worried that him being the, the Guildford Flame coach in the EPL, um, he wouldn't have the knack and the, and the, the contacts. But he's proven everybody wrong. And I'm going to throw some out here, a bit of a left field conversation, but potentially a guy who maybe even looked at to replace um, um, yeah, Russell, Russell Pete Russell, I forgot his first name then, uh, when he steps down as GB. Um, you know, pedigree of North East Hockey. And he, 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 one thing you can't say about Guildford when you watch them is they're not good. They're good to watch. They're good hockey teams. And okay, the international games are a bit different, but you never go away from a Guildford, Guildford game thinking, that was awful to watch. That's certainly true, and you also don't leave a game if you've if you've lost. You don't necessarily feel as short changed as you may do against other teams. Um, but in fairness, the league's developed. I think, as I say that, the league's developed to a, a position where I can't really think of any team at the moment where I feel short changed. I don't know whether that's because we're so low down. But in fairness, teams before that you'd have said that about may have been, in fairness, more of your Scottish teams. So maybe the likes of Dundee. Fife always kind of found a way up there, so maybe not so much Fife, but the likes of Dundee and, and, and Brayhead, when they were Brayhead, were the kind of teams that you may have left and thought, we should have got a result out of that. Um, do you know, Guildford's start last year made them look like they were going to be that team. They were going to be another team that you left thinking, you know, we've got, well, you went into the building thinking we've got to get two points. I think they're certainly proving a lot of people wrong that may have thought that now. And everyone wanted that, didn't they? Everyone wanted the Elite League to have you know, complete competitiveness. And now you've got the teams uh, and, you know, Sheffield are finding it to their detriment at the moment, but I think other teams can do throughout the season that you, you win four or five games, you're up there, you lose four or five games, you're out, you're out of contention for the top eight. So you've now got that. Um, Guildford Elite are one of the teams that are leading that light. And uh, from a hockey fan's perspective, long may that continue. Um, hopefully that, you know, the Yorkshire contingent can join that uh, charge, but uh, we'll wait and see on that front. Yeah, it may also be something that helps Milton Keynes and, and Sheffield and the likes of the, the bottom of the league. Andy, I mean, it, you know, generally speaking, we saw a big north and south divide in the lead, in the lead, in the league. Um, you know, you'd see a, a fair decent whacking points. You'd, suddenly, you'd, you know, you'd get halfway down the league and suddenly there'd be a 5, a 10, 15 point drop. And, and right now, there isn't that drop. I appreciate we're early doors in the season, but anybody can beat anybody at the moment. Everybody's kind of shown that already. Um, it, it may help those teams at the bottom of the league, maybe not to get all the way to the top, but to claw the way into a playoff spot. It is, yeah, it's fantastic to see. I mean, two years ago, you'd see uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow, uh, Fife and Dundee on the bottom half of the table, but uh, it, it's, it's all spread around. Uh, it's just fantastic to see for both, for both parts, both north and south of the league. And... Uh, just five. The start that they've had has been unbelievable, uh, and uh, hopefully that will continue because we've, we've always wanted to see um, a Scottish team uh, push that title, and and they are they have made a fantastic statement for the first half of the season. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, we'll move on from the additions. I mean, I think we've covered that pretty much to death for the day. Um, and we'll move on to maybe a bit more of a controversial topic as usual 
I don't think it'll be quite as controversial this time around. We're talking about the Department of Player Safety. Um, as far as I'm aware, uh, and I think me and Dave talked about it beforehand, so Gref and Andy, you may have another event that we're not aware of to throw in there, but I believe there's been two incidents that DOPS have ruled on this time round. Uh, that being Cole Shudra and the Panthers coach, Rick Schoenemaz. Um Gref, have you seen the hit from Shudra and what did you think? Simple question. I have seen it and it, it, it looked uh, pretty reckless, I'd say a little bit. I mean, a bit silly as well from him. He's gone in and he's just turned his back. That's one thing you don't want to do when you're throwing a hit. You just turn your back and go in blind. Yeah, it's certainly true. Andy, um, I mean, do you agree with Gref? Was it a dirty play? Was it a reckless play? It was, yeah. Uh, I have seen it as well. And uh, I've learned Cole from the from Sills Academy a few years ago. And uh, he's, he's a really good player. And it's, it's not something we'd normally see from him. Um, I think he, he did have uh, more time than I think he had to to get to, get to the puck. But uh, he just decided to take the play instead. And he was... It was a pretty bad hit. It was in back end numbers uh, and against the ball, the grass as well. Uh, so yeah, a, a pretty bad hit. Uh, but I think it, it's a fair ruling as well. Yeah, Dave. What what was your take on it? I know that you were. Uh, we discussed it on the way to uh, to Manchester to celebrate Greth thirtieth. What what was your opinion of the hit? Um, I think Dops have got it right. It weren't the best of hits. Um, and Cole could have could have pulled out the hit. He had the time to do it. Um, it, it just weren't good. Um, and I and in fairness, like I say, I think Dops in terms of their punishment, I think they've got it spot on. Um, but let's just throw this in. Who's the first guy to step in for his teammate? It's a bit of goalie love. Best girl, Arnie. Best girl, Arnie just goes in straight away. Let's not mess around it. Fair play to him, and you know, I forget the fact he's a goalie, but I, I think it was a good thing that. You know, because we've seen a few games so far that you have these hits, legal, illegal, and no one goes in to kind of look after their teammate. Different scene there with Belfast, so uh, well done, Tyler. Yeah, I've got to say that part made me laugh a little bit because um, it almost looked like with the way that the other Milton Keynes player came in to stop him, it almost looked like he was going in shouting at the other Milton Keynes player, hold me back, and I look like I'm going to go after him. Like he wasn't. I feel like with the amount of kit and the amount and like how riled up he was supposed to be, like he should have easily got past the Milton Keynes player holding him back. But um, yeah, no, it, 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 was, it was a poor hit. Um, surprisingly finding myself more and more this year saying that I think Dops has got it right. Um, I can't. I don't think it was more than two games. I don't know whether it resulted in an injury, in fairness, but I don't think it was worth more than two. It, I, it was mainly reckless, had I said maybe a little bit dirty, but it's quite uncharacteristic of Cole, as you, as you say, Andy. Um, it's just one of those one of those incidents that I think he'll just want to draw a line under. Um, but I certainly agree with Dave. I, I kind of question why maybe more players didn't jump in because it didn't appear to be... Uh, any Belfast players anywhere near or even showing any interest in it at the time but um, in fairness if you got a goalie going in with his blocker ready to, to swing away do you want to get involved in that? probably not no I've nearly been on the other end of that and uh, yeah that's, uh, <laughs> very quickly withdrew from that altercation um, yeah no it, it, it's it's one of those things um, I think there's an ongoing debate in hockey at the minute where people say 
oh, people should be getting involved, and then other people say, oh, well, the game's evolved so that they shouldn't need to get involved. This is, this is ice hockey we're talking about. This is hockey. This isn't... It's not all going to get solved by a referee blowing his whistle and a guy sitting down for two minutes. I think it all goes back to the instigator penalty, and uh, I don't yeah. think we've got enough time in the evening. This is, no, never this mind is this podcast to kind of uh, um, go over that ground. I think that I think that has had an effect on teams traditionally that will see a hit um, go in and, and protect their team. But what, one thing I don't like um, what you have now is any hits and everyone goes in, and I just kind of go, you know. Sometimes look at the hit. Is it good? It just a, just a plaudy, you know. Give, give him a tap, you know. I said, you know, that was a bit hard, but fair. That's it. Not let's have a whole line brawl on good hits. You want to see good hits. That's what we want. We, you know, we you talk about players in the past. Like it was a clean hit and all this. Don't let's have line brawls on that. Though, you know, save it for the bad hits. That was it was a bad hit. Not a dangerous hit per se. It was bad. Then yeah. so the time that you you should be saying, well, come on, guys. You know, look after your teammate. Like Tyler did. Good, good Tyler. Can you imagine how many players would jump into hits if, if play like players like Dustin Bufflin were like half a foot smaller and didn't look quite as like built up? Like, do you know the amount of hits that they make that now people will go, oh, why didn't we clear the bench? You think it was a good hit? Like, why are we clearing the bench for a good hit? Well, you go back in time over years and let's mention the Lord Mayor Card of Brad Voth. You know, he'd throw in a, a um, um. A, a, not let's, let's say the best of hits, but they would always draw a crowd, and they're the type of ones that you want, um, you know, the, the ones that to protect after he did. And I'm not saying he was the only one, Cardiff fans. Please don't think I'm, I'm targeting you because we've got nothing else to target you on at the moment because you're playing so well. Um, but you know, they're the type of ones. Um, you, you, just, you just don't want to see that. You want to see the, the, the people come in for bad hits. You only saw the goal to do all that. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. But I also agree you're not going to get involved if you see the goalie. I think it speaks volumes as to how bad the hit was um, that, that he got so wound up. But, yeah, it is what it is. I think two games is pretty much spot on. Um, but, yeah, uh, in fairness, I, you know, yeah, you don't see the hits as much anymore in fairness. I think that they're clearly doing the job in terms of policing. But I'd like to see a bit more player policing, but I think that's a bit more because I like the old school hockey. Um the other thing that I think some people have said that they like to see is a bit of fire on the bench, a bit of passion. Uh, maybe the Panthers coach did a little bit too much of that against Fife. Um, he managed to land himself a one-game suspension <coughs> and a nice whopping £1,000 fine as well. Um, yeah, Andy, you're wincing at that one. I, you know, I certainly agree. What was your impression of the, uh, of the ban that was given? What did you think? I think it's a fair ban. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw this back a bit. Um, two years ago, when uh, Paul Thompson uh, was still was Gillis coach, uh, I think it was against Cardiff. Um, he, he showed his emotion. Uh, I think he threw a few sticks and, uh, and always kicked their door down as well. Um, it's the thing with being a Steelers fan. Um, for, for me, the Chinamaz incident, uh, when people say, oh, it's, it's just emotion, well, for me, there's a line between emotion and, and just being a bit stupid. Uh, it's not just the, the stick throwing, but the gestures as well. It, it, it's, it's something you want to see at a family sport. Um, I think it, it, it is a fair fair uh, reaction from Dobbs in, in, in that respect. Um, so, yeah, um, 
a bit stupid. Um, there's a line between emotion, uh, and I think he, he just went right above it. No, I, I agree. And uh, Gref, I, I think Neil Black may have a few words to, words to him if he's going to keep smashing up sticks. Um, <laughs> what what did you think to it? What what was your impression? Do you agree with Andy that it was a bit too much emotion? Do you think it was the thing that the Panthers needed to spur them on? What what I mean, it fairly fairness, it clearly at work that weekend for those two games. But um, what what was your impression of it? Well, first, when I watched it, I laughed. I always thought if I was one of those players, I'd like, oh, that's my stick there. <laughs> yeah, but no, then, your warrior stick would have snapped before that anyway, mate, don't worry. As we found out. yeah, apart from that, it was more like, it was an emotion thing for him, I think, but he, there's one part where you get up to the line, but then I think he just, like, crossed that line. So far, he was outside. But even that thousand-pound fine, that was like, ouch. Well, for us, it'd be definitely ouch. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, for us, it'd be an email to British Gas and uh, <laughs> saying, "No, I can't pay my bills this month." <laughs> no, um, Dave. I mean, we we went to the coaches' evening with Tomo. <clears throat> And it was just after. In fact, it might have been the incident that, that Andy was referring to. It was. It, it I was. believe it was against Belfast. I think it was the Colton Freire yeah. Spyro Galakis game. And yeah, he threw. A, I think he threw a stick on the on the ice in the end. I think he intended to throw a whole lot of sticks on the ice. From what he said, um, there were a few wooden, <laughs> a few wooden blocks in between sticks that he didn't expect, and he ended up tearing his nail off instead. But. He kind of said to us that he, he was not necessarily infuriated by the calls on the ice, but he was also kind of doing it to try and spark up the players and get some fire in the players. Do you think that was what Schoenemaz was doing, or do you just think he uh, lost it and blew off the handle? Both, but absolutely. You know. And one of, the, one of the other things, he was trying to take away the pressure from and the spotlight from the players, it's on him. Mm. And once it's done that on there. Now... I agree slightly running in terms of it was stupid, but the rest of it I disagree. I'll be honest with you, mate. You want you know, we talk about characters and passion and you got that. Now the thing is, he'll re- he'll re- he'll have gone straight away, that was stupid. That was pretty dumb. But he'll not care. And I'll tell you now, if he finds himself in that same scenario, he'll probably do that again. Yeah, um, he'll he'll not care because for him, it's his job. He's the leader of that team. And whether some people say, well, if you're calm and collective, it's it shows through the team. Sometimes you just can't be calm and collective. And if you're aggrieved, and there's only so many times you go, ref, can I speak to you? I'm not happy with this. And if you, if your interpretation that you just, you know, seen it so many times, you're just going to lose yourself. And that's what's happened there. You know, years ago, Blaisdell was a, was a classic one. And I can't remember who the Manchester coach were, but they ended up fighting because they disagreed with something. Between the benches. Literally, they both were swinging punches. There was some good connection from both sides. And you talk about characters. He's pro- he, he's, he don't want stupidity. And that, yeah, he, on the cold outlet, that was stupid. But you, you just you, you allow it to happen in respect of, you know, he's been punished. The league have done it right. The league has done it spot on. So, that you know, fair play to the league. But you know what? Let the character flourish. And it gave us something to talk about. It gave us, but it also gave the Panthers something to hold on to. You know, because they'll gone and their fans have been like, do you know what? He's our man, and, and we, you know, we didn't, we agreed with him, and we can back him. It backs the team, and it just gets that, that fire and passion about them. I, I, I say more of it, apart from the stick breaking. <laughs> yeah, Neil Black might agree with you. Um, 
No, I kind of agree. I think, I think maybe <clears throat> that was the point that kind of showed that it maybe was a little bit too emotional. I think. Yes, I mean, what Tomo was doing for me when he was trying to throw the sticks on the ice was clearly trying to show a bit of passion, get inject a bit of a spark into the team. I think the point where he snapped the blade off on the boards was maybe the time when you kind of thought, actually, this guy's lost it a little bit more than maybe you'd expect. Um, I think, again, the league probably got it spot on. I understand the £1,000 fine, uh, and in, in addition, if I was Neil Black, I'd be telling him to pay for the £200 stick as well. But um, I think you give a, if you give a coach a ban in the Elite League, it doesn't necessarily have as big an effect as, as throwing a player. I know that everybody's kind of got the facts wrong, maybe slightly saying, oh, oh he'll serve his ban against Sheffield. He has already served his ban as far as I'm aware. But I know a lot of Steelers fans are getting a bit excited saying... Oh, they've got to play the game without him on the bench. Yeah, they've got to play him without him on the bench. That means he's probably going to stand on the tunnel next to the plexi, next to the bench. Or buy himself a ticket, sat behind the bench. Like, it, it, there's no rules on where he can go as long as he doesn't go on the bench. He could, he, the assistant coach, Rick Strachan, could be st stood on the bench for the entire game on the phone to him if he wanted to. As long as he's not on the bench, it's fine. So, realistically, a one-match ban minimal kind of effect to the team in that respect um, but certainly being slapped with a £1,000 fine I mean I, I, okay it might make a big dent in our wages but I can't imagine in fairness I, I couldn't even speculate as to what kind of wage he's on or what he's earning but in fairness a £1,000 fine anybody playing in our league in fairness or coaching in our league is going to have some kind of effect he's certainly not going to be earning half a mil like they are in the, in the NHL that's, that's the kind of time when he don't bat an eyelid at a grand yeah, but yeah. in fairness, I think he's he's certainly still going to be. No, I think the the monetary punishment will hurt him more than the game uh, suspension from the bench. But then you know he could be away, he could be the other end, he could be the Panthers fans on an earpiece to Rich Strachan. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Happened in Sheffield many times. Happened in other teams. There's ways around it. Um, so, but uh, let's him do. Let me see him do it again. Yeah, I, it's always funny. I think as well. Do you know, like it, we always say we like old school hockey. Um, in fairness, I think the, the the last instance of old school hockey that I can think of, which actually involved about was it three or four um, players that have played in the elite league, was the uh, was the ben, was the line brawl between Calgary and Vancouver a fair few years ago involving people like Sestito, Westgarth, McGratton, and that was about the last time where I can actually genuinely think of a hockey game and just point to it and go that game from start to finish was old school hockey I mean dead start that was the first friggin puck drop of the game and, and it, it set the tone and we've never really had a game like that since I mean what Schoenemaz is doing maybe not in the same sense but it's certainly old school hockey he's showing his, he's wearing his heart on his sleeve just come back on that game was that the game where Tortorella decided to go towards the Calgary yeah, that was challenge what, in yeah. their locker room which is like yes, the biggest no no what you know you never go that far apart from if you've done Tortorella it's also when he was because he was basically at one point, was it was it that game where they were rocking the plexi in between the benches and like the coaches yeah. were essentially nearly fighting? That's that's what kind of yeah. that's what reminded me when you were saying about about Blaze though. But um, but I think it goes back onto we want characters. You know, you hear a lot of talks in rinks and arenas where oh we ain't got the character we used to back in the day. We've clearly got one in Chanamis. We've clearly mm -hmm. got one. So he he'll know his boundaries, and in in the heat of the moment he'll forget the boundaries. They're tundra regions. He'll not even think of existence. It's only when he's been sent away when he calmed down it's like, 
oh, that was the boundary back at the border between Fife and the border of England. That's how far he went across it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have, I'll be honest with you, I have a feeling we may have some, a little bit in that in Barrasso. He, he looks the way he paces his way down the bench. He looks and he conducts himself. He looks like the type of guy, yeah. if he gets a few goes against him, he's the type of guy that, you know, could really show his emotions, show sir. Um, yeah. Do you want coaches like that? You know, sometimes you want the calm collector, but sometimes let it happen. Yeah, he certainly showed that in his playing career as well. He was certainly a character in his playing career. So, I hope, I hope so, I hope so. Almost like I hoped that Tyler Plant was going to fight more because he had fighting videos, but that didn't happen either. So I'm kind of hoping I'm not going to be as disappointed on that one. Um, I, I think, in fairness, that wraps up the Elite League, gents. I think that's pretty much everything that's gone on in the Elite League. One thing that I've got to say, and you're all going to groan, you're all going to roll uh, your eyes, it's about, the, be it's about yeah. the best player in the world at the moment. No, his name isn't Conor McDavid. Sidney Crosby yeah, does it. It's not Jack Eichel, no. You can live the dream, Gref. You might think you're going to make playoffs, but it's certainly not Jack Eichel. So it's not Tavares, though? It's not Tavares either, no. He, not even in his pyjamas, mate. Um, Sidney Crosby goes on. 5-5 tie. Penguins and Oilers going into overtime. Decent game. You know, cat and mouse. And it, it was always a case of, like, one team's in front, then the other team's in front. We get to overtime 5-5, and then Crosby just makes literally makes the Oilers' defence look like cones. I mean, he just goes, oh, yeah, you can yawn as much as you want, Griff. It goes back to, like, that one-handed goal that he scored against you guys that made me wake up all my neighbours at 3am. Like, I, it was, oh, honestly, it was just an amazing move. I, I kind of, I, and I, I agree with, Dave said to me yesterday, you've got, to, you've got to question what Cam Talbot was doing. I agree, wasn't necessarily the best goaltending, but come on, guys, you, you can't tell me that wasn't a sick move. So there you go, we've already admitted it, it's the goal that mine is false, so let's move on. Andy, you've got to agree, <laughs> you, Andy, you've got to agree with me. You're, the guy that, you're, you're another guy that scores goals. Don't listen to Gref, the guy who can't score, and Dave, the goalie. You've got to agree with me, that, that was Phil. <laughs> Well, that's the team that's been there to stand with that, but, so... <laughs> nah, in um, fact... Yeah, it was a beautiful goal. It's, normally, you'll, you'll hear about a goalie waiting out of play like in, in, in a shout situation, but the patience that Crosby had in that goal just to go around the crease, just wait until I got about first move, and then as soon as he made that move, just a tiny scap at the top of the net, it was in. And that, that I was a uh, fan's reaction uh, where he just laughed uh, threw his hands behind his back and then leaned against his chair and said, oh, you know, it's, it's one of those goals um, and you, you kind of expect that from one of, if not, uh, the best player in the world right now. No, it was a nice goal. Well well taken, well um, calm and composed through, you know, the time just to clear through the defence and backhand. It, it, it was nice. There you go. Yes, I got some appreciation from Dave. Um, I mean, has anybody else got anything else they want to add? Uh, I, that was my only yeah, one. Yeah, well, I was, was going to say, uh, uh, sticking, sticking with NHL, uh, the line of McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, uh, and uh, what do you call guy's name now? McKinnon, Rantanen. Well, I don't know, mate. It's that good a line that... Uh, it's that good a line. We can't even remember the other guy's name. My has just gone blank at the minute. Um, Landeskog, that's it, Landeskog. Oh, Landeskog, yes. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, of Gabriel course, sir. Yeah. yeah. All of the captain-like. <laughs> 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 <laugh
between them. Oh, uh, the, yeah, they're tearing the league apart at the moment. They really, really are. I mean, it, they had a bit of a boring game yesterday against the, the Lightning. It was a 1-0 win for the, for the Lightning, but... The Avalanche are coming back, if you'll pardon the pun, the Avalanche are coming back with a storm. Yes, and um, in fairness, they're the reason why I think they are they are doing a really, really good job. Um, it wouldn't be a bad team to put a bet on to win their division. Um, I wouldn't go as far as the conference, but wouldn't be a bad team to put a bet on to win the division because I bet the odds aren't great at the moment. Um, but no, I, I agree that they're certainly tearing there. <laughs> they're certainly tearing the league up, even if we can't remember uh, Landeskog's name. Has anybody else got anything to add? Yeah, next week's fi- next weekend's fixtures. Next weekend's fixtures, we we always do that and we forgot it. Dave, hit me. So, I will do, with pleasure. Um, let's start Friday night. Dundee Stars against the Milton Keynes Lightning. Milton Keynes on a triple header weekend um, starting in Dundee. <clears throat> Andy, do you want to go first? Because I can't remember the game that Dave's just said. I can't even remember. Um, my microphone just went off. <laughs> okay, so we'll go again. Uh, just... I was, was going to say I'll start then. Thank you, Greg. I'm going to go with a uh, Dundee win. That doesn't help me. Remind me of the plane. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for Dundee win <laughs> against Milton Keynes. Against Milton Keynes. I'll agree with you. I'm going to go to Dundee win. <laughs> Andy? Yeah, I agree. Dundee win as well. There we go. Okay, moving on Saturday. <laughs> Manchester Storm, Belfast Giants, Belfast by Canter. Belfast. Belfast. Don't even say Storm. What a shot. Manchester. Oh, you always, are such a homer. There's always one, isn't there? <laughs> Moving on. Back up in Scotland. Glasgow against Milton Keynes. Joe, who do you reckon is going to win that one? Glasgow. Andy? Glasgow. Graf? You can't say Glasgow. Manchester on this one. Glasgow. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Milton Keynes. Ooh, going a different direction. Mm, indeed. Um, the biggest rivalry in the universe, Steelers versus Panthers in Sheffield. Andy? Um, <laughs> I'll go Steelers. Why not? Why not? I'll, I'll swap the team. Gref? Panthers. Joe? Manchester. Oh wait, no, no, not playing. Um, I've got to go Panthers. And that's before you say Panther Joe again. I weren't going to mention Panther Joe, but now you, now you mention it. I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going to look forward to uh, to arriving, um, getting some Wi-Fi, and find out we've got two points. Okay, so, um, I, so I'm the only one on the podcast that's not a homer then. Something like that, yeah. Um, five Flyers against the Coventry Blaze. I'm going to go for five win. Joe. We'll go with a pesky flyers. Let's see if we can get back up to 90% win percentage. Graf? I'm going to go with five as well. Andy? No surprise, five. Okay, and then the last game on Saturday, the Devils against the Flames. Uh, Joe? <laughs> Devils. Graf? Devils. I'm going to go Devils, but I'm going to go Devils in overtime. <sighs> Andy? Devils as well. And I, I think that we're in the first one. And then we're going to Sunday. Um, Panthers at home to the Giants. Uh, Graf? I'm going to say Giants. I'm going to go Giants. Joe? I'll go Giants. Andy? I'll go Giants as well. 
Okay, the next game, Guildford against Manchester. Uh, Joe? I'm going to put a bet forward first that Greth's going to say Manchester. I reckon he will as well. I'm going to go Guildford. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Guildford. Greth, what are you going to go for? I'm actually going to go for Guildford. <laughs> <laughs> He's just said that to shoot me in the face, hasn't <laughs> yeah. he? Staff? Guildford. Um, and the next game, uh, Five Flyers at home to Milton Keynes. Andy? Five. Greff? Five. Joe? Five. Flops again, five. If uh, anybody's playing bingo, you need a very specific <laughs> card to win this game. <laughs> and then the last game, Coventry versus Cardiff in Coventry. Cardiff to win. Andy? Cardiff for me as well. Joe? Cardiff for me as well. And to finish off, Greff? I'm Cardiff as well. Full house on the... Uh, on the scores again. Full house. Now, I think if that's us all done, I think there's one other thing that needs saying in fairness. Um, fairly close to home in terms of respects for both me, Dave and Andy, and I think Greff as well, in that Manchester, born and bred, I believe, and Steelers ex-player Mark Thomas's wife, obviously finding out she's got breast cancer. Um, never nice to see within the league. Um, and I, I, in fairness, I think it's just it's just quite fitting to finish by saying I think we all from the podcast, uh, as as much as I'm sure everybody else in the league does, wishes her a a, a recovery essentially, and you know wishes her all the best. Very much so. Um, and she's already you know positive attitude. She's um, already going into sort of the fundraising. Um, she's she's going with it in the right spirit. So you know heart with her, and you know I hope uh, it all goes well. Yeah, absolutely. But for now, I think that draws us to an end of another podcast episode. Dave, you are leaving us for a couple of weeks, so we I will uh, see you in a couple of weeks after you've graced the streets of New York. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll miss the podcast. Um, this time next week, if you're doing it on Thursday, it'll be uh, getting ready to watch the Islanders and the Penguins. Yeah, let's just rub that one in so you can see the best player in the world. And it's not Tavares because yeah, he's Barzo. not with you anymore. Matt Basel. <laughs> yeah, so thank you everybody for watching episodes, watching, listening to episode seven. Seven. Of My Fancy Zamboni. Um, again, keep your feedback coming. Any questions you've got, anything that you want to ask us on the podcast, it's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. And obviously, as always, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. Um, so, for now, it is thank you very much, Greth. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you very much, David. Thank you very much. And thank you very much from me as well. Um, but this brings another episode of My Fancy Zamboni to a close, so thank you. <laughs>